Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Carter Good. Many people know him as a Instagram influencer, but I would argue that he is more of a coach. He just happens to have a big influence on Instagram as well. And I think that's very important. And I actually talked to him about this on the episode is that I think the best influencers, quote unquote, who have huge followings on Instagram are really good coaches in real life. So what they are influencing on is actually practical and applicable information, not just selfies and ab shots while eating in and out burgers. And Carter is the epitome of what I am talking about here. He is a coach, and he is also somebody that has been through a massive transformation himself. In fact, he lost over 145 pounds. So he has made a huge fat loss transformation, and since then, he's basically made it his life's mission to help others achieve similar success. He really works with a lot of lifestyle-oriented people on both training and nutrition to make this whole dieting thing way more simple. And that's exactly what we talk about today. We talk about how to simplify nutrition, simplify training, commit to the long term, and and really just focus on the easy, simple wins day to day and how those lead up to massive successes over time. It's a long game. And we're going to talk about all the simple strategies you need to understand in order to get there, as well as really discussing and deep diving into his exact story and how he lost 145 pounds. So today you're going to learn a lot about the real Carter Good. I think Carter being an influencer, a lot of people don't get the chance to really hear him speak or see who he is. And this is a really cool time for you to do so. I had the pleasure of speaking with him and sharing a stage with him in Arizona back in December 2019. And we got to hang out quite a bit that weekend and we kind of hit it off and and since then we've become friends. And I think that you guys are going to realize that he's not only a great influencer, he's not only a great coach, he's not only a great content creator, he not only provides really good practical information, but he is a good human being. And I think that's really important. And honestly, that's what I look for when I get guests on the show. Good fucking people. So I'm excited about this one, guys. If you like this show, please do me a huge favor. Take a screenshot of this episode and let us know that you like it. We want to see who's listening. We want to know why you're listening. And we want to share it on our story to help other people see that you're listening. So do me a favor. Take a screenshot of this. Head over to Instagram. Post it on your story. Tag myself at Cody.BoomBoom and tag Carter at CarterGood. Both of those are in the description as well. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to this interview with the one and only Carter Good. All right, man. So I'm excited about this one because... I always enjoy having conversations with people who have mutual friends. So whenever like I meet somebody and then, and I think it's funny because I've known of you for a long time, just cause I've known of your content. Um, and when I met you in person at the event that we were just at in December, it was like, Oh cool. Like Carter, like we got to know each other a little bit. We had, uh, I, I listened to you speak. I was like, damn, we have a lot in common. We're kind of talking. And it wasn't until that night when we were all drinking and I ended up in an Uber with everybody that I realized that I was in a, a van full of people who were all like, either already friends or like becoming friends who were also coaches, <laughs> influencers, and they all lived in the same town. I was like, yeah. this is insane. Like 
that's super cool that you guys are all in the same spot. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I can't remember everybody who was in the van, but it was packed. I think somebody was sitting on the floor even. It was actually, I think you yeah. were sitting on the floor. <laughs> I, I think I was. I think I was like in the middle. I was like in like the little island yeah. area. So yeah. I was just making up a seat. No, it's funny. It's like, that was actually though, literally like probably 75% of like the people who sort of do this in Columbus though, yeah. which was the funny part. Um, so Columbus, Ohio, where I live, it's like, there's like a, a small group of people who do it, but like we kind of do everything like yeah. in, in the same way. So obviously going to that event together. Yeah. And Columbus, Ohio is a cool place too, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of like a lot of what I learned in my early years of being a trainer was from um, some of the different people that are out there with yeah. just like powerlifting and Westside. And I believe the lead FTS is out there too. So Dave yeah. Kate and those guys. So um, it's a really cool place, but man, before, before uh, we go any further, I should probably say like, introduce yourself, like tell me, uh, tell the listeners, uh, the listeners who you are and, and kind of like, your story in a nutshell if you can and I'm going to kind of pick that apart yeah no for sure so uh, my name's Carter Good um, I am a coach um, by by trade online um, but I do a lot of content creation um, specifically around like fat loss and, and, and weight loss um, especially like lifestyle advice and stuff which kind of bleeds into what I do for coaching which is working a lot with one-on-one um, -on -one clients um, mostly, mostly fat loss clients, general population people. Um, and, and one of my big things is always like lifestyle first. And, um, I know we'll dive into that a lot, I'm sure with our stories and, um, just with what, what we talk about with fitness. Uh, now me personally, uh, before I got into coaching, um, I used to, in, in high school, uh, basically all growing up until high school, uh, I struggled with my weight. Um, uh, I was like one of those chubby kids growing up. Um, but when my parents got divorced in uh, my freshman year, I believe, uh, of high school is when things really took a turn. And so I gained a ton of weight. And uh, I think my max weight ever was like 305. It's like what the scale, like record, I had like a digital scale. It's funny because I have like these before and after pictures. And one, in one of them, I'm like holding a scale. Yeah. That, like, I think my mom got it for, uh, for, for Christmas or something. But like I made a joke about like holding it and making like a frowny face. Thanks for a great before and after photo, but like, it was just like, yeah. people always think like, did they buy you a scale or something? No, yeah. That wasn't the way it was, but, um, it like recorded your weight or whatever. So that was like the highest weight that was on there. And, um, you know, through a long journey, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into, uh, I was able to lose about 145 pounds of that, um, and maintain it. And now I kind of use that, that passion and, and whatnot to help others um, accomplish similar goals. Yeah, dude, I really want to dive into your transformation specifically and, yeah as we do that kind of touch on the biggest thing there is the maintenance. Cause I think like mm -hmm. you and I both know, like that's the hardest part, right? There's sure. so many people who rebound after losing a lot of weight, um, especially dramatic, like because of genetic factors and just the fact that you, you were that heavy at one point mm -hmm. losing that weight and actually keeping it off is so much harder. Like I think keeping it off is harder than losing it for most people at the beginning. So, um, the fact that you were able to do that, I think says a lot about how you went about it. And I'd love to kind of dig into that. So, um, what was the, what was the turning point for you? Like, what was the, I, I know for me, like I was never that heavy, but I was, um, I, I had like a 50 pound weight loss. And I remember yeah. the exact moment where I like first got into fitness and I like looked in the mirror and was like, dude, what the fuck? And I had to make a change. And that was like the start of my thing. But did you ever have that like light bulb moment where you just decided to make a change? Yeah. So, and it's, and it's so funny. Cause like growing up, I had like tried and fit, like kind of basically failed tons of diets for, for different reasons. Um, like my, I, I remember like I had to make like football weigh-ins one year. Um, and like, I went on like this, like weird, like 
Adkins diet thing, um, where I had to like have egg beaters and stuff. And so like, I've, you know, dabbled in it, but it's never really been ser something serious for me. Like I've never really, uh, struggled with like my confidence through through being overweight um ex at least in terms of like expressing myself i mean i would say that the biggest area was like in terms of like dating and mm. talking to girls and stuff which is actually um you know funny enough kind of the catalyst that was initially the reason for me losing weight was uh i had asked this girl out in, in high school to go to prom with me and i basically like if you were like she just basically said oh no I, I didn't I thought we were just friends or whatever and she must have taken it as like I liked her and wanted to like do this it's like if you would have like googled uh like friend zone island uh because that was like my, my thing and so um that's what like, initially sparked the motivation um to lose weight but uh, I think you can probably attest to this you know it gets to the point where that's your initial motivation um, but things start to change as you see results. And for me, it was really, it was the first time that I had ever, uh, you know, started something, um, cause at the time I like basically make huge changes to like my diet and exercise. But the first time I had ever actually started like losing a significant amount of weight. And that's kind of where the motivation was, uh, I kind of became more of like a, a self inspired thing. Cause I was, I was like, Oh wow, things are actually starting to move. Things are starting to happen. And so, um, at that point I was kind of hooked. Okay. So what, what was the, um, at what point did you realize, like, I guess the smart way to do it? I'm trying to think of a way to articulate mm -hmm. this. Cause like you said, you tried the Atkins and, and it was actually funny. I wrote a, I don't think I've posted it yet, but I wrote up a post about, um, education. And for me, I did the same. I actually tried Atkins. I tried, do you remember HCG where you like, oh, yeah. I tried that. Um, there's all these like crazy things I tried none of mm -hmm. them worked. But yeah. there's always kind of like that moment in somebody's transformation where something finally works and it clicks and you, you're able to start actually seeing progress at last. Like, do yeah. you remember what that click was or what the method was that you used that really started sticking? Yeah. And it, it's funny because um, for me, it was, um, I, I talk about this a lot, like, I actually never really found a balanced approach to fitness until much after, like a while after my weight loss. Like I had already lost over a hundred pounds before I even found a very balanced approach that was maintainable. Um, for me, what had worked was I went on bodybuilding.com and I found this specific uh, person who I wanted to look exactly like, and I followed their cutting plan. Um, except I didn't follow their cutting plan. I, I followed it, but then removed a lot more from it thinking, well, this person needed to lose 20 pounds and I need to lose a hundred pounds. So I'll just like cut even more from it. And so I, I like look back and add up like what I was doing. Um, and it was like 1400 calories a day. Right. And so obviously weighing over 300 pounds was going to lose weight quickly. And it was for, in the beginning, it was just that and, and cardio, just tons and tons of cardio. And I'm one of those people who like, I have a very addictive personality. And so for me, I just went all in on it. And, and I tell people this a lot, you know, one of the benefits I had at that time in my life was I was in high school. So didn't have a job. Um, didn't play sports, didn't have any, didn't have kids, didn't have any obligations other than just myself. And I was pretty good in school. So like, I never really had homework either. And so I literally just put all of myself into it, which is, I think what allowed me to maintain such an, a strict and um, intense protocol was the fact that there was no um, resistance. There was no outside forces that made that um, difficult for me um, in the beginning. I think, I think that's a, it's a good example. Cause even like for me, when I first started, it was very, very strict and I, I wasn't in high school, I was in college, but I was going to community college, same thing, like mm -hmm. no responsibility, like no like reason not to, I was single. It's just like, I'm just going to put my head down and grind. I could be restrictive and I went really low calorie too. And it worked, but I think 
you know, there's like this, and I'd love to get your take on this. There's this kind of battle right now with flexible dieting, which I agree with, and then like a very restrictive approach. And, and a lot of flexible dieters almost take it too far, I feel. And mm-hmm. they don't want to like push a deficit too much. They won't, don't want to be too restrictive. But in some sense, like you getting restrictive actually led to your results. And, and sometimes it provides a quick result and it gives you mo- momentum and motivation. Does that make sense? Yes. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's like where like the art of coaching comes in mm-hmm. um, because you have to know yourself. And, and in that sense, you need to know your client and, and how that person responds. Because some people, um, especially I find people who are very overweight, who are super motivated, you want to, you know, you want to incentivize that motivation. And, and I always preface things, right? So I agree with you. Like, I think sometimes being more aggressive early on can be a good thing, especially if there's a dialogue of going on between like, this is not like a casual, what we're going to be doing forever type of thing. Like we, this is like a, you're training for the mate, like the major leagues, right? right. Like you're, you're, you're training for the world series right now. So we need to make sure, you know, it's not something that's going to last forever. So we want to like really push it right now because of your motivation. So I actually do agree with you on that. And I think it's like a person to person thing. It's like, what are you going to stay the most consistent with? For some people that is, you know, being a bit more intense and, and, you know, going a bit more balls to the wall with it. So I love that, man. I think that's, that's the important thing is like you're saying, it's, it's, it's really dependent on the person. Um, but there's too many people saying like, this is the way and that's just never yeah. the case. Right. Um, so, so you, you jump on this restrictive diet, you, uh, start doing tons of cardio and you lose hundred plus pounds. Was there a moment when things slowed down or you plateaued, you had to change it? Like what was the next step to, cause you lost 145 total, you said? Yeah. After that done, um, at, at one point I think I, now it would be like, I had lost like a hundred and like 20 pounds or something. Cause at one point I got like really lean, like, like, like almost like, like a five foot 11 and a half. Like I was like at 160 pounds. And so like, that was where like got super, super lean, didn't have any yeah. muscle. Like I thought yeah. I had muscle, but I was really just kind of looked a little bit like a skeleton because I <laughs> didn't have never built muscle. But um, yeah, I would say it was probably around like the, the one year mark um, was when I like things started to slow down, but, it, but even then it was um, during that shift. And, and this kind of goes back into probably like a, like not, not lucky, but like by good chance, I got really into lifting towards the, the later end of my, my working out or with, with my dieting and stuff. Um, and so when the scale stopped dropping, I kind of took it as, Oh, I'm building muscle now. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, which I was too, but it was probably also just, where I was eating was not going to you know, keep me losing weight at that point if I kept eating that much. And, I, and at that point, I had started to dial back a bit because it did start to get very unsustainable. I started to eat more, use protein shakes because I was thinking, well, now that I'm lifting weight, I got to do protein shakes. And it's, it's like funny, like thinking back, like I like to look back at my entire journey and look at these decisions I made and thinking that like the decisions, like the actual things I did was the secret, like the protein powder is what allowed me to you know, build more muscle. But really what it came down to was, oh, wow, look, look at the numbers here. I started to eat more calories here. And I started the resistance train. So those two things together, you know, allowed me to build more muscle and, and probably slowed down the fat loss a little bit, right? Um, did less cardio because I was working, whenever I went to the gym, I was actually lifting weights now instead. And so um, I would say probably around the year mark, but it wasn't like a, I was freaking out uh, standpoint. It was more of like, this is a good thing. Um, but I was still kind of steadily losing, uh, basically that whole next year. I think it's, it's funny that you point that out. Cause even I can do that. I can look back and like some of the things I did were absolutely correct, but not 
<laughs> for the reasons I thought they were correct. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so you learn a lot with that process. Now, when you, and I, and I want to like touch on this just because I think it's really important. There's a lot of, I get a lot of questions from listeners. Um, I would say more so females, but um, you and I both went through this because I, I, when I first started, it was like boot camps was like the thing. So it was like a lot of like circuit yeah. stuff, but it's cardio. Um, but I got to my fat loss result and was like, oh, I don't look like the guy on men's health like I thought I was going to. I just kind of look skinny fat now. Mm-hmm. And I like had to shift gears. And it sounds like you kind of shifted gears and started building muscle too. Why is that super important inside a, of a huge transformation like that? Because I think that, you know, there's two, two scenarios that come to mind. The first one being is like, you did a low calorie diet for a long time and it worked. And I think it worked successfully because you had a lot of weight to lose. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not that, that slowdown of that plateau is going to probably happen sooner for somebody who didn't have as much weight to lose. Yeah. Um, and it's important for people to realize that, but no matter what you have to shift gears and start trying to build muscle and do those things sooner. So how yeah. important was that to like that transformation and where you ended up getting to towards today? Yeah. So, well, this is actually um, interesting because probably not until honestly, within like the last year, um, just being honest, did I ever actually get to the point where mentally and like emotionally, I was like, okay with building muscle and, and like gaining weight because I always, and I, cause I'd always kind of told myself this story. Cause like I, I built muscle, I mean a decent amount of muscle just from everyone will build muscle once you start resistance training. But I basically probably you know, physically at least had looked the same from when I went off to college until probably like a year ago um, or probably two years ago um, at least. And really what it was um, at one point, you know, I would try to like bulk, but I, like I never would, like I would never actually let myself eat enough to pass it. Yeah. And it was because like, as soon as the scale started going up, I would I would start seeing like, all of a sudden my mind was like, Oh, now your stomach's getting fatter. Right. And it was just this like weird. And it wasn't that I was like afraid I was going to gain all my weight back. Um, but it was like a combination of just like, not really, I I've never been like obsessed with like my own like pursuit of like building muscle, like a bodybuilding competitor. Right. Like I think for general life, I feel very happy with where I'm at. Um, but like I would always sabotage myself. Um, so it's funny though, like how my, like it was the first time ever that I've started to like understand the challenges of like a hard gainer would have. Cause I always make fun of those people. I'd be like, okay, you can't eat enough. This sounds, sounds cute. But like, it's actually yeah. can get difficult it, it, once you actually start to try to eat more and, and stuff. Um, so I'm trying to remember your, your original question. But uh, for me, though, that, that put, putting on muscle and, and changing has actually been something that's happened within like the last two years. I'm glad, I'm glad you took it that way and actually brought that up, dude, because I think that this is something, um, and I remember being like this too and being like, uh, like, oh, wouldn't it be nice that you have to eat so many calories and shit like that? Because I used to drive mm. me crazy. But um, it's, I think it's less of like, I can't eat this much and more of like, I didn't want to see the scale jump either. So I actually, it's funny because yeah. not too long ago was the first time I actually periodized my approach where I was like, okay, with the scale just climbing mm-hmm. up because I knew I needed to. Um, but not enough guys talk about that. I think that there's a psychological, no. uh, whether it's body image issue or it's just like, again, like if you were once overweight or insecure, I think it's always going to be somewhat in the back of your mind. Um, yeah. And we hear about body images and stuff like that with women all the time, but never about men and men don't admit it, but it's like, and it goes in reverse. There's some skinny guys that are always insecure because they're never big enough. And then there's guys that used to be overweight that are always insecure because they're, they're never lean enough. Um, and not enough people talk about it. Do you think that that like translates into your coaching and your empathy and stuff like that quite a bit too? I think so for sure. And, and, and one of it comes down to, and I think this is so important, especially for anyone who is like coaching or working with general population people 
is the fitness industry is filled with men and women at the top who are either the coaches or the faces of, of companies that are like, they, they're like the elite, you know, even in, in their bodies and, and whether they're like taking and getting like, you know, getting a little bit of help from like uh, steroids or something or not, even if not, like you, they're still like at the like 1%, right. Of like the, the like how their bodies look. Um, Cause like some people can like train their ass off. Right. But they're not going to look like that 22 year old, you know, bikini model who just has the perfect waist and like great, right. no butt genetics from her family. Um, you know, like sure lifting is health, but also you got some good genetics from your yeah. family, you know, and, and those things. And so my, one of my biggest shifts, especially in the last year, um, with coaching has been really helping people identify like, what does success look like for you? Um, you know, when you're being realistic, cause I'm a, I'm a kind of, a, I'm a realist. And so I'm very big on like setting realistic expectations for yourself and being okay with that. Cause I think sometimes people think that, man, I'm just like, not, I just don't look that good. So I need to keep working harder and harder and harder. And it's like, you can definitely become the best version of yourself, but like also what does success look like for you? Because I think for some people, when they're really being honest with themselves, like being that, that lean or looking that certain way, isn't necessarily like they would love to look that way, but it's not as important to them as maybe they think it should be. They just think because I've made all this progress of fitness, I just got to keep going and going and going. And now, you know what? Now I need to do a competition. I mean, you, you see people will do competitions who don't need to be doing competitions. They don't really want to. They're just doing it because it's like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do now. Um, but no, I would say that for me, it, it really has shifted towards having an honest conversation with people and, and having them have an honest conversation with themselves about like, what does this look like for you? And, and it's okay if you're not perfect, right? Like, like the perfect plan is the plan that is like going to be fits your lifestyle and fits your like real needs for your day-to-day -day life. I think that dude is so, so glad you said that. It's funny because the amount of women I've talked out of doing a bikini competition mm -hmm. is kind of crazy. Um, just because I've had realistic, like they'll, they'll mention that goal. I'm like, Hey, let's jump on the phone. And I'm talking to them. I'm like, Hey, like, what about a photo shoot? What about this? Like, yeah. what about just getting really lean? Like, because yeah. I don't think you understand like the difference between getting really lean and getting stage lean. Like there's that like six to eight week period that yeah. just destroys. It's just like, unless you like yeah. the sport, there's just no reason for it. Um, yeah. But I'm glad you said that too, because I think that, you know, there's a lot of people and I'm guilty of this, like with comparison and like looking up certain people that we have to remember that some people's life literally puts them in the perfect situation to look that way, whether it's their schedule, yeah. their family life, their spouse, their kids, or none for that matter, or their job is literally doing that or their genetics. And if we can like strip all those things out and like you said, just identify like your situation, I think you're better off. And I'll even admit it to people. I'm like, Hey, like, just remember that, you know, like this is what I do for a living. So it's easy for me to eat this way. Um, I own a gym so I can literally train anytime, any way. There's no stopping me from consistency. Like yeah. I have literally no barriers besides like some family things, but even that doesn't get in the way. So yeah. don't look like, look at me for motivation, but don't always like, like compare our situations because we have to make this yeah. right for you. No, I love that. I think that most people actually, the way that I always say it is, and this is like, again, speaking for people who are just general population, right? Who want to be fit and healthier because of other things, not because to be fit and healthy, just to be for a lack of fit, be fit and healthy because they love mm -hmm. fitness. Um, and the way I always say it is that, you know, fitness should fit into your life instead of your life having to fit around your fitness. Yes. Um, and, and that, and that's where you have to be honest because I work actually, this is a great example because I just started working with um, this guy who like travels probably like five to six days every single week. There's probably three out of every three to four days a week. Um, 
And for him, with, with tons of like, you know, going, taking people out to dinner, right? Business dinners, business cocktails afterwards. Like it's just the nonstop thing. And for him, I just was straight up honest. And I said, listen, you can definitely, you know, make incredible progress, but like, let's also be realistic here. Like, you know, it's going to be really, really hard for you to try to work out, you know, four to five days a week. Um, really consistently in a way that's actually going to create the results that you want in terms of like progressive overload. And like, you know, you're going to be in like different gyms every week. And so for him, you know, we just set some realistic expectations around like, okay, so you're home two days out of the week. So we're going to work out those two days and then you're going to get one like travel day uh, workout each week. Um, and then with nutrition, instead of saying to him, listen, man, you got to eat this, this many grams of protein, this many grams of fat, this many grams of carbs. Like I could just be like a macro coach and say, hit those macros. And if you don't, then we're going to, you know, you're not going to get the results. It's like, no, let's actually like figure out how can we implement actual just like eating strategies for you that um, allow you to still kind of create these changes. Cause he is a guy who needs to lose, you know, probably 30 to 40, maybe 50 pounds of fat that will help you sort of stay on track given that you're in this, you know, this lifestyle having to go out to eat. So how can we make you going out to dinner every night and having to get cocktails still work within this plan, right? And so we have different strategies for that. We set up realistic expectations and I'll say, hey man, like you're not gonna be able to be perfect with this. And so like you may not see as predictable results as if you were to like stay at home and weigh your chicken out every day and do it that way. But that's okay because we're setting realistic expectations from the start and we're building consistency with that. And in the long run, that's gonna work out best for him because not only is he gonna get results long-term, he's going to have a better plan for his lifestyle that is his job and what, how he has to do things. And so, um, no, I think that's, that's super important. Um, it's something I always try to focus on first. I think, I think that's the sign of a good coach though, too. It's like, you don't really have one. Like, I, I'm sure you've gotten this question too, is like, yeah. uh, well, what kind of diet are you going to put me on? Like, what kind of diet do you use? I'm mm -hmm. like, well, I don't know yet. Like, let's talk, let's figure it yeah. out because it's different every person. Um, and although most of my clients definitely use macros because they have that control, um, mm -hmm. it's funny that you said like this guy, cause like yesterday I just designed this plan for this guy that was very similar, um, in, in counting macros just isn't in, a, uh, in the cards for him. So it's like, okay, like how do we identify what proteins, carbs, and fats you mm -hmm. see on a regular basis? How do we identify how you can measure those without a scale? How do we identify how to split those up throughout your day? Um, and that's going to work for him because it lowers the stress and allows him to control what he can control. And that's really all we yeah. can do. Yeah. I, the way you could, like another way to say it is like, a 50% plan done consistently 100% of the time beats mm -hmm. a 100% perfect plan, which doesn't even exist, but like assuming you got all the variables right, but you can't do it more than 50% of the time because of the stress it creates. And, you know, three to six months from now, you're not doing it anyways, because exactly. it's not really fitting into your life. Yeah. So, so that's actually one of the things I wanted to touch on today is like simplifying training and nutrition for the average mm -hmm. Joe. And you kind of just, you kind of tackled it with a specific client, but are there any like uh, things that you learned inside of your transformation or just in your, inside of your coaching in general that like you really use as like foundational tools to make sure that you're simplifying things for people or explaining it in a way that's less stressful? Yeah. Um, I really like, um, anything to do with like hierarchy. Um, and so like, I know Alan Aragon's like a nutrition guy and he has, um, like his like pyramid of like nutritional pyramid, right. Of like, what's the most important thing here? And it's like consistency and then like calories and then uh, specific macronutrients. And then like at the top is like supplementation, right? And so what I like to do with people is um, first, I like for everyone to understand generally like what these things are um, because they're in the foods that they eat every single day. Um, and then from there, I will, my, my thing is I'm a big fan of tracking um, 
and I always have been, I probably always will be from a basis point, probably kind of similar to what you said about um, helping somebody being able to visualize portions and understand that. And so I always tell people like you're, you're kind of put in a situation where the world's working against you. Um, you live in a world where it's really, really easy to overeat a little too much. And it's really, really easy to not move your body enough. Um, and so you automatically have to realize you're going to have to be put into a bit of a minority when you make these changes. Um, but I'm always big on like, what are the hierarchy of most important changes, right? And so for somebody who um, is just getting started, you know, what I think is one of the best things that you can do for a period of time is to just start tracking your nutrition. And with no like, with no like preconceived, like I have to hit this many calories, I have to eat these types of foods. Like I actually like for people to just don't change a thing and like be honest with yourself. No one's judging what you're eating. No one's judging what you're eating. You know, no one is saying, oh, you're getting a gold star star for how you're eating right now. Just eat how you would normally eat and be honest with it and just track it and just see where you're at. Um, Because what that does is it creates awareness. And I think once you have awareness, then anyone can be successful once they understand that's where you start to identify some of the problem points like oh wow i didn't realize like how many calories i was eating after dinner or i didn't realize like how these small things added up throughout the day um and so i think like the biggest first step for anybody whether you then go into tracking macros or just tracking calories or you're following a meal plan is to spend like two to three weeks just tracking your nutrition and just like looking for patterns and stuff because that's going to give you the best tools to get started with I'm the exact same way, dude. I think I always say awareness precedes change. And I think like, yeah. the, the, you know what I mean? Like, that's the biggest thing. If, if you're unaware, you literally can't change it. So I think it's yeah. funny when people are like, like, I'm struggling to get results and, and I don't know why. And it's like, well, what are you doing? Well, I don't know. And I'm like, well, there you go. That's why yeah. you, can't, you can't determine what to change. Yeah. And I think that applies to training, nutrition, stress management, basically everything. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I like the way you did that. And I'm assuming that when you kind of teach this hierarchy, which I'm a huge fan of the hierarchies as well, mm-hmm. the pyramids, um, I mean, RP, Alan Aragon, uh, Eric Helms, muscle and strength. Yeah. Pyramids, there's so many out there, but they're so yeah. good and easy to explain. Um, but I'm assuming like it, the, as this is a building awareness in them, it's kind of teaching you essentially what needs to change, right? It's teaching you exactly what to do inside the coaching front. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, Because I always say it's like the goal of like in the beginning um, when I'm working with somebody is like, I always tell them like, you're not special yet. Cause like, you're just an avatar. Like, you know, I've had a phone call with you, but like, I don't know anything about you yet. And like, this is going to teach me more about you. And, and the goal in the beginning is essentially like, just hit the dartboard, right? Like, like we're playing a game of darts or we're just trying to like get into the, to the playing field right. of like knowing where your problems are. Because then once I start to see where the struggles are, um, that's when you can start implementing specific strategies for, for, for that person, whether it's um, helping them with meal planning, because like some people do better with more structure with a meal plan, right? Um, and so we fig- I figure that out once I see that, wow, they have days where they're just like eating nothing at all and days where they eat a crazy amount because they ate nothing at all the day before and weren't thinking about it. Um, and so no, I think that like um, your question, I think was like, how do I like use that data, right? To, to help them. Basically. Um, that's that's kind of, I think what it is. It's really just and, like seeing it and then just like hearing them talk, right? Um, because it's like a individual thing. Each person's going to be a little bit different. I think it's funny, man. I think like, you know, in training, it's, it's pretty obvious. Like, okay, like you want me to create a program for you. I'm going to yeah. assess you so I can see like how you move and see where you're mobile and stable and, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Um, you're going to tell me your goals, like where you want to build strength muscle, and then I'm going to create a program for you. But with dieting, it's like, oh, let me get your body weight. I'm just going to give you some macros. And it's like, well, you didn't assess what, my, mm-hmm. what I'm currently doing, what I've done in the past, what's worked, what hasn't, like what, what I enjoy, like 
what I don't know shit about. <laughs> like, it, yeah. it's just funny how people jump right into it with that. Yeah, it's and the, how I like describe the relationship between diet and exercise is because both are obviously play a huge role, right? I hate whenever people say it's fifty percent exercise, fifty percent diet, or eighty yeah. percent. It's a hundred percent exercise and a hundred percent diet, right? Yeah. They're both going to play a role in what what the goals are. Um, but with exercise, it's more of like an additive habit. Because it's something that whenever you go to the gym, like it's not like the gym, the weights are in one corner, the open bar is in the other corner, the video game lounge is in the other corner, I mean, unless it's a really cool gym, right? <laughs> really um, cool gym. It's like, there's no options. You're going to the gym, now you're here, now you're going to get a workout in, especially if you know what you're doing. Whereas nutrition, it's you're going to be eating for the rest of your life. You're going to be making food choices for the rest of your life. Um, so it's more of a change of habit in that are those choices going to be more in line with your goals or less in line with your goals? Um, and that's where I think with nutrition, it always takes longer. It's probably why most people struggle with nutrition. Um, but like you said, though, it should be approached the same way though. It's, it's funny how it's almost approached. It's more complex than training. I think, especially for general population people and it's treated more simply, yep. which is the silliest thing. It's like, Oh, here's your macros. And it's just like, well, the person doesn't even know how to like hit those macros. Even if they do know how to hit the macros, how long are you going to hit the macros? And like, why do the macros even matter? It's like, yeah. How do those change over time? How do you, dude, yeah. I, I a hundred percent agree. It's, it's funny that you said that. Cause I've actually never heard anybody else say this, but me, um, not that I'm the only one that thinks it, but I just don't yeah. hear people talk about that. And there's been plenty of times where I'll say like, you know, like you can go buy a good program from a good trainer and you're going to get great results from it. Because yeah. You know, you might have to adjust a little bit, but it's a good training program, but you can't buy somebody's diet and just follow it and, and see results. Like there's just so much variability yeah. inside of that. So I think it is much more of a tailored process. Um, one thing I want to touch on because uh, I believe you're a, a big Moscow mule guy and, and as am I, mm -hmm. um, but I want to talk on like drinking and losing fat or losing weight, like how, how, how you mm -hmm. go about doing that yourself, how you go about fitting it. And I know for me, like, once a week is just like a date night, whatever drinks. And it's usually either wine or it's, and I actually, I've been, uh, I'm curious if you've had this, but, um, a whiskey mule I've like fallen in love with lately. Yeah. I hadn't had one for the longest time until like six months ago. And I had one. I was like, this is way better than a Moscow mule. Um, but, but just drinking and losing fat in general, I get this question yeah. all the time. And I think a lot of people have different approaches. How do you go about that personally? And then with your clients? Yeah. So personally, like, man, so my, my, one of my issues with alcohol personally is that I actually genuinely, like, I'm a connoisseur of mm. like, of like coffee, for example, like if anyone watches my Instagram story, I haven't done this much recently because I kind of just got burned out of it. But like, I love to do the whole, like, like Kaylin, my girlfriend, she just like, you know, goes to Starbucks and does the thing. And then I scoff at her and I'm like, why are you drinking horrible coffee? <laughs> it's like, yeah, right. So I'm very, yeah. Like I'm Jason was like, I've drank, I drink Starbucks coffee every day for like the last 15 years. And I was like, my heart like was in pain when I heard it. <laughs> Cause I'm like, single origin coffee from a single farmer yeah. like one line uh to the, to the farmer like ground perfectly pour over coffee like manual brew so i'm like all into that so the same thing with alcohol like with wine like i love like yeah. all that so for me um i've actually had to keep keep tabs on it um because there was a point where like i would get into the because i'm also a routine oriented person um and so like i love this like a cocktail every night or a glass of wine, you know, most nights or whatever. Um, and when you're maintaining, I think it's a lot easier to, to do something like that. Even though I still think for health reasons, I really don't, I, that's why like I pulled back from doing that. Cause I don't want to be having a drink every single day like that. Um, even if I do enjoy it. Uh, but I think from a fat loss standpoint, what I do for most people, in, unless it's like an obsessive thing where like they are partying, like getting like, you know, shit in the, excuse my language, like shit face every, yeah. every weekend. Um, 
like I just have them treat it as if it's a calorie is, is what I do. Um, Cause like, I like this kind of goes back into like the, the planning with people usually as like diligent as I'll have people track is calorie ranges and a minimum protein goal. Um, like that's, that's basically it. I normally don't get into the macro world because people who I'm working with don't need to worry about if they're at 40% carbs or 33% carbs, right? It doesn't matter for them. Um, so I normally have people just treat it as um, just a, a calorie as part of their diet. Um, and it works out well. Um, and for most people I say like, you know, unless it's like a special event, I like have them, I usually say like you know, a two drink minimum with mm -hmm. like a buffer in between. So like if you're going to drink alcohol, like have the, have the drink and then have water after and then do another drink if you want another drink. Um, create some pause to like really decide if they want more. But that's normally what I do. I normally just keep it simple. I don't have many hard rules on including alcohol unless it's like somebody who really struggles to like yeah. manage it. I like that, man. I think that because uh, I've gotten the questions like, like really complicated questions about calculating it into your macros. And I'm always yeah, just like, like on that day, just, just track protein. <laughs> Same yeah. way. I'm like, just track protein. Um, and I even think there's merit to just saying like, like you said, if it's not a problem, like just go have fun tonight. Don't, don't stress yeah. about it. Like oh, yeah. you don't need to track every single day, but then there's also people where I'm like, Hey, you should just cut out drinking because it is, it's, it's not something where you can moderate. And I think that's important for some people. Well, that's funny. Cause like, uh, Kayla and I actually just got finished doing like a dry month. Mm. um of alcohol not because like either of us were like having serious issues but just because it's like i mean like let's just prove let's remind ourselves that like we're you know adults who can like control this right now um or whatever right and, and obviously some people really struggle with it so i'm not trying to say it's not hard to struggle with for some people but like doing that i actually think everyone should do stuff like that anyways yeah. like create like um restriction or what i what i say is it's not about it's not about restriction it's about restraint showing yourself that you're in control right because you're making the choice to do that and so like you said i think do some people actually do work well with like cutting out drinking completely especially if it's not like a part of like a social necessity of it where they don't want to like feel awkward or whatever or they feel like it is a problem like sometimes it works right Total it's the same thing with like like uh treats and like, like candy and stuff like i have what i call like um like like safe foods that they can, I think there's actually a better analogy I heard someone talk about. It's like precision nutrition, like red light foods, yellow light foods, green mm -hmm. foods, like your yellow light foods you can keep in the house, like red light foods, just keep them out of the house. Not because they're bad for some reason, but just because why put yourself in that situation to have to use more willpower at the end of the day when you don't need to, right? Yeah. Um, so no, I'm actually all for creating um, restraint in certain areas, depending on how the person is doing. I think that's it, man. It depends on the person. Like I, there's like a battle between like, you know, there's like people inside the flexible dieting. I have, if it's your macros crowd that are like, no, this allows you to, to do, to eat whatever you want. And then other people are like, no, that makes me binge. And it's like, yeah. it's not an argument. It's just that like people are different. <laughs> like it's just, that's, yeah. that's the end of it. Um, yeah. and, and it's funny cause I actually have this is a good example. I got a guy who I was trying to lean on the side of like, Hey, let's just, just keep it to once a week. Like just put in your car, whatever. Um, cause I don't want to restrict him, but we tried that for a couple weeks and he's like, dude, I honestly think I just need to cut it out. I can't just yeah. do a couple of drinks. I can't just do Saturday. It always ends up being Saturday and Sunday or Friday and Saturday. And I was like, okay, dude, let's cut it out then. And I think it's just, it's person dependent. And, um, I think like for everybody listening, one of the best things that you've actually said this whole time is that restraint versus restriction, dude, that's so yeah. important because people are so afraid to tell people to restrict. Um, and I think sometimes it's important to do that, but I think restraint is a much better way to describe it. 
No, dude, I'm, I'm all with you. I think like the benefit of like flexible dieting and that whole world was the awareness of, okay, wow, these things aren't inherently evil. It's not that drinking alcohol is inherently evil for my results or that eating certain mm -hmm. things. It's more of a creating awareness of, well, ultimately it matters for losing and gaining weight is the numbers, right? It's the, it's the analytics. It's the, the, the actual calorie deficit and all that. But what's going to matter most for lifestyle is an individual thing. Um, and, and being honest with yourself in that way. And I know that you're like a routine oriented person too. Um, you're really big in the systems and, and that's me. So like, for me, it's like, one of my biggest things is I like take complete control of my morning. Right. And, and like, I don't let anyone, I'm actually a very big no person. Um, like I, I kind of start, I'm trying to do this more and more. Um, I'm reading this book called essentialism now, which I can't, never, I can't believe I've never read that book yeah. because it's literally my, my life, but like, really it's, it's what I, it's, I love it. Oh, I'm like halfway through it. And I just started this morning, but, um, it's but one of the things is like, you start with no, of this idea of like, you be very, you have to guard your time and like guard your rules and stuff and, and just have like a backbone for yourself. Um, and, and so for me, that's like a morning routine, right? Like I will not talk to anybody until I've done these few things in the morning and people know that too. And so even with like, um, when I have clients do this too. So with drinking, for example, just to go back to that real fast, because a lot of people struggle with like the social, um, view, like how they'll be viewed by their friends, um, and everything, which I think is one of like the silliest, like it's, it's not silly. I mean, it's silly once you look back on it, I think once you've conquered something like that, because like, if you're certain about something, like if you had a friend, um, who told you like, dude, I'm not going to work out. I'm not somebody like who I just don't love working out and I'm just not going to do it. And that's just the way it is. You might be like, dude, you don't want to work out. Like, look, you can do all these things. I can show you how to do this. We'll make it super simple. But like you would respect their wishes after a while. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't, then you probably aren't their friend, you know? And so that's how I have people do it. I'm like, you have to be true to yourself and like create, create your own code for how you go about doing things. And if people really want to fight you for it, one, they have their own issue about it because you, they probably see something in you that they wish they had. Mm -hmm. um, and two, they might not actually be the kind of friend you want because they might not actually care about you. They might just care about like whatever, like their selfish reason for being your friend is, which is kind of a hard conversation for yeah. a lot of people to hear, but it's kind of true. I love that, dude. I've said many times, like you need to audit your environment. And I think yeah. that's, that's the key, man, is like, if somebody's not going to support you, are they really a good friend? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, and it's, I love the way you put all that. And this is actually one of the things that like clicked with me um, when you were doing your speech. And then when I, we, we talked in Arizona, I was just like, dude, we have so much in common. It's crazy. Cause for yeah. me, like when I wake up, it's the same thing. Like no phone, no email, no social media. Yeah. Don't check anything. Don't talk to anybody. Like I, I, drink my coffee, I read my book, and then I make my breakfast and listen to my audiobook. And then I get on my computer and I write in Google Docs, but I don't look mm -hmm. at email. I don't look at anything. I'm just, I'm doing my writing or content creation on a document where I don't get notifications. Like, yeah. and I'm, and it's not even until like at the earliest 9am before I'm like, okay. And I've been up since 536 in the morning, like yeah. until I start like talking to people and like getting stuff. But I think that whole, um, if you haven't read deep work by Cal Newport, that's Jordan, uh, Duggar, literally he recommended that to me and that's next yeah. on like the reading list. He sent me that, uh, I think it was yesterday, the day before he's like, you have to read this book. I was like, dude, I read that. That might be already. why I got yeah. the same. Email. You just, you just sit out of mass. Yeah. Like, people read this book. So yeah, he's good about that. I will say, cause he, he got me, uh, listening to, um, everything is fucked by Mark Manson. Yeah. And I didn't listen to the first one, but I'm listening to that right now too. Um, because of his recommendation. Um, but, uh, but no, man, I think that like protecting your time and having that deep work is so important for anybody because it just, like you said, like it's, it's less about like 
like for us, we're content creators. So we need that mm-hmm. time, but it's, it's less about what you're doing. And it's more about that. You're just having that time for yourself to do things, period. Um, no, man. So like I have, I have one final uh, thing to touch on today and I'm just, and this actually came up, like I wrote it down as we were talking. So it just kind of came up yeah. as something that I think would be cool to get your opinion on is just your pr- trend, like the, the predictions of the, the fitness industry, the fitness and coaching and nutrition industry, the, the trends you're seeing, the prediction oh, yeah. you're seeing, um, because I think you're, you're a cool person to talk to because you're kind of on two ends of the spectrum. Um, I was talking to uh, Brett Contreras about this yesterday because uh, I did a podcast with him and I was like, you know, you're technically an influencer because like you have a certain following. And so like technically you become an, an influencer, I think at some point, yeah. but I don't really look at you as an influencer because you're a coach and it's different. And that's kind of like the cool thing about you as well is like, you could be considered that, but you're also actually a normal guy who coaches normal people. Um, so it, it it allows you to have a completely different perspective and in my opinion, more respectable perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm curious, man, like, what are you seeing right now? And where do you think uh, the industry is going? Yeah. So I think, um, this is actually a good question because I've thought about thought about it a lot, but I can tell you sort of where I'm going with things. Um, so I guess, cause I guess that kind of plays into like what my prediction is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, obviously like, you know, with AI stuff, you know, you know, I don't even try to even start to pretend like I know what the heck I'm talking about in that world um, or when things are going to happen or how they're going to happen because nobody knows. But I think that more and more it, things are going to become a bit more automated in terms of like, like with fitness and, and stuff. There's always going to be this human element, but in terms of coaching, I think that we're going to start to see less of a need in the general population world for one-on-one coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is actually something that I've, I've changed because I, whenever I've done coaching in the past, um, I used to do like longer commitments, like six month commitments, um, all one-on-one. Right. And, and, and I still think there's value in doing that, but by month, like two or three, I turn into a glorified cheerleader, right? I mean, I'm just the accountability cheerleader at that point. And there are things that we still work on together, but like, it's not a daily, it's not like every day something new is happening that I have to coach them through, you know, it just becomes a repetition thing. And so for me, I've been diving a lot more into coaching memberships. Um, and so, so one, one thing I've, one of the things I've, I've changed and it's just kind of started within the last month is instead of now bringing on as many one-on-one coaching clients, I still have them, but I've dropped by about, I think I like dropped like 50 clients. I'm not like I quit with them. I just stopped signing on more clients on purpose. Um, and I'm actually creating like a ecosystem, um, like a group where like I have me and like a few other sort of moderator coaches, but one bigger pool where like by becoming a part of this thing, you have closer access to me mm. um, because I'm spending the time I would spend checking in with one person, you know, at a time answering the same question seven times to now I'm working with all these people, um, on smaller touch points. Uh, so whether it's me creating content just for these people or just for the people who are in, it's called leaner for life. So, so just for leaner for life members doing lives just for leaner for life members. Um, so basically it's a membership, but like I'm putting more of an emphasis on coaching, the coaching side of it and my involvement in it. Cause I think that everyone, there's always going to be that need for that human element. Um, I just think that if there's some, like some is good. And I don't think more is going to be necessarily better. Right. Um, Cause once they have good information, they get access to information, then it's just like community and having that support and accountability. And I think that you can create even more whenever you have multiple people um, keeping you accountable, whether it's like people who are literally on the same level as you and people who are coaching you at the same time. Right. You know, it's awesome. Like right now it's through a Facebook group because that's the easiest way to do it. But um, like somebody might, post something and then there'll be like 15 comments and 
13 of those comments are just other people who, oh, I relate to that. Oh, this is what worked well for me. I get to go in and be like, oh, those are awesome advice. Hey, this is my advice, big picture advice. Um, then go through the comments and say, hey, this is actually another really good strategy. And I'm learning a lot too of how what works really well for other people. And so I think that the future is just going to be more connectedness with like communities and stuff. I like that, man. I think like I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit, but I think it's from a standpoint of, because it's funny because I had uh, mentioned on somebody else's podcast, like my prediction was the opposite. But yeah. I think when I look at it, I think it's the opposite because of who we are working with. So a lot of people we work yeah. with come to us with a very specific goal. So it's very, like, I can't do it in large setting because it's like very niche to that single person. Yes. Um, but what I did is I, I created a membership uh, for training because I was like, well, I literally wrote the same fat loss training program for 18 different women. Like why? Like, let's make this cheaper mm -hmm. and just everybody can do it. Um, so I have that same idea with you in the training front. And then our nutrition just like, I think is, we just work with different people. But um, it's funny that you say that because like in my head, I was going the opposite, but then the same on training. And, and what's cool about that is like you said, like we have the group and people are like, Hey, who's doing this program? I am, yeah. but I ran into this. Oh, I ran into that too. And they're like talking about it. Yeah. People are sharing recipes and, and it's cool being a leader. Cause you can kind of just sit back and be like, man, I brought these people together and they're helping each other. Um, yes. and they're working yeah. through their problems together, which I think, and like, I think the biggest thing with that is just like you said, that connection, that community is so powerful. Yeah. I think what you said, like coaching is definitely not dying. Um, especially for specific things. Right. And then probably actually what you said, you could probably combine our predictions. I think you're going to see less yeah. general coaching and you're going to see more specific coaching 100%. Um, for things. Right. Like, I mean, cause like even like, um, like Kaylin had worked with like a specific health coach, like on a specific thing that she needed help with. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and like you, you see that all over the place. And so I think that will become more and more of a, of a popular thing because of the interconnectedness, right? And people are learning more and understanding more. So somebody who has like an issue with like food digestion and has like a hormonal issue has probably been working with a fat loss coach saying, why can't I lose fat? Why can't I lose fat? And like, they really are doing a lot of the right things. Um, but really they should be working with this other person who's helping them like restore balance to like some issues that they, they've had either through, you know, pregnancy or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, no, I agree with you. So that, that's kind of where like, I've always just done general fat loss coaching. Yeah. And if there's been a specific issue, I would, I would refer out um, to somebody who actually is going to help. And so um, that's kind of been my big move with this is like, there are so many people who drop into a very similar bucket. And so how can I hit all these people at a much lower price point? That's much more affordable for more people, but it's going to provide the same level of value, if not more value yeah. um, because of the community aspect. And then you just get to help more people. And I think at the end of the day, that's why we all got into this in the first place. But I think it's, that's one thing I actually uh, really have respected about you a lot too, is you're really good at kind of staying in your lane and just being great yeah. at what you do. And it's something I take pride in as well. Like I, I know my one thing and I'm just like, put my blinders on like this is what I do and I think a lot of people bounce around a lot or have new ideas or creating new products all the time and doing things that aren't aligned with their one thing and it just yeah. confuses their message so I really respect that you do that man um yeah. that was the last thing I had for you today man I really I want to respect your time I really do appreciate you coming on and, and kind of going over your transformation your coaching I think the listeners are going to take a lot of like actually practical uh advice and application from this podcast mm -hmm. I'm glad we went this route uh, before I let you go, is there anywhere, um, there's obviously Instagram, but like everywhere that people can find you, go follow your stuff, get your content. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's like, my name is sort of my handle on everything. And um, kind of like we talked about kind of before we went live, I've, I'm in the process now. I've been, I've been really working hard behind the scenes, like building out this membership, like the actual, like, you know, the 
tech stuff and, and getting things mm -hmm. working and making sure that everything's good to push more people into this membership. Um, but now I'm shifting more into like the content creator role again. And the goal is YouTube and podcasts are sort of the next two um, adventures. And so I'm sure that at this point, if you search YouTube, Carter Good, I already have my YouTube page up. It's easy to find. Right. And I'm sure whenever the podcast comes along, if they search Carter Good, um, they'll probably find my podcast too or probably other interviews that I've done because I kind of have a pretty unique name. Um, so that's, the, that's kind of the big thing. Um, the only the one kind of cool thing that I just created literally today, just launched it. Um, people might think it's cool. It's, um, I created this quiz called the Dieter Type Quiz. Um, which basically it's like five questions and you, uh, answer them. And then I tell you what I think your biggest struggle is. Um, and there's like four different dieter types. There's like the weekend warrior, the mindless muncher, um, health ad hopper and the priority pivoter, right? Like these four little like cartoon characters. And I get, I created basically like a video, um, that is like going over specific advice for that person. So someone who struggles with overeating on the weekends, these two strategies might work really well. So you can build consistency or whatever it is. And I kind of have like an email follow up which is kind of like a little course for them to help them get started too. So if someone's in that position, if you just go to dietertype.com, um, then they can take that quick, like free little quiz too. That's dope, man. Um, yeah. it, those are, those are fun. I'm actually in the process of creating one for our membership site. So I can basically, it's kind of like a training type. So it's like when yeah. you get into our site, like people are like, what program should I do? And I'm usually like, well, what's, yeah. what's your goal? How long have you been training? Yeah. What is yeah. your, like, and I go through all these questions in the comments until I give them something, but like, I was like, I need to make a quiz like that. So it's cool that you're doing that. I, yeah, maybe after the podcast, we can dive into it because I literally did that for my membership. And I can tell you like what like tool I use that like a, like a quiz tool that works really, really well. Oh, and perfect. It's super simple to create. So dope, man. Um, yeah. Well, dude, I appreciate your time. I'm going to link all that stuff in the show notes. That way they can just click it right away. Um, and once again, man, thank you for coming on. Absolutely, man. I enjoyed it. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, Head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the nutrition hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at Cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time. <laughs>